This is simply our vision. All right, how many of you know it's important? If you don't know what your church is doing or where it's going or what it's trying to accomplish, it's not going to ever going to accomplish it. Amen? So you need to be behind the vision. So this is who we are, what we're going to do, and how we're going to do it. Now, I say that so you think about your giftings and your talent. So if you're looking for a church home, you take this home and you pray over it. And you see if this may be a good fit for you. And if it is, I want to say, you know, beforehand, welcome home. We would love to have you. Amen? Because at Compass Church, we're going to love God. We're going to lead people, grow disciples, and we're going to win the world. I really believe that's why God called me to put this church here. Amen? And he's bringing people like you to make it happen. I'm not going to do it on my own. This isn't just my church. It's your church. It's all of us together. Amen? So, uh, and who was here at the Seder meal yesterday? We had our first Seder meal. That was amazing. That was truly amazing. I never got to experience one of those, and I learned so much. And I want to give a big shout-out to Michael and Missy Heller and Michael and Laurel Gardner, wherever they are, because that, there they are. They, are. they all made this happen, and it was really great. I mean, we had like 32 people here, and it made me realize, you know, I know a lot of things about the Scripture and all, and how many realize whether you think it or not, you don't know everything, Okay. <laughs> And I realized I didn't know as much about the traditional side of it. And I love, that's why I love having conversations with Michael because his background, I mean, he knows it. Bow, 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 bow. So I love it. So anyway, thanks you all for making that happen. Thank you for, for being here. And we had a really great time. And I noticed something. We have the elementary kids in here today. Amen. So if you're usually in the elementary class, I want to ask you to come down front. Now, if you're visiting with us and you have children and they're in the first through fifth grade, come down front also. Everybody come on down. I got a little treat for you. I mean, what's Easter without a treat? Amen? All right. Everybody come here. I want to hand these out. Before you go back and take your seat, I want to, I want to tell you something, okay? All right. Listen, everybody. All right. Everybody get one? All right, everybody look right here. Look right here before you take your seat. Listen, I know you guys probably really don't care what, don't, probably don't care what Pastor Allen has to say up here. So, look, there's a little piece of paper in here. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take this and the little pen and there, a little marker in there. I want you to go back to your seat. And I want you to write a story. I want you to write what Easter means to you. All right? Or a picture, it can be a picture, either way. And at the end of service, I'm not making any promises, but I may, I may read one of those back to the congregation, all right? Uh-huh, so. And you don't have to do it, but I'm asking you to do it. All right, you guys can go take your seat. <laughs> you know, we love the kids around here. Those of you that, that don't know, Michelle and I, we're, we're very close to kids. Of course, we have seven teenagers. Speaking of seven teenagers, how do y'all like my jacket? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Those of you that aren't here usually on Sundays, this is not what I wear, okay? Actually, actually, there's a story behind this. Most of you know Connor Minton. He was our worship leader for years at Auburn Fellowship. When he got married, I have seven teenagers, and my wife decided to take me shopping to get a suit to wear to the wedding. Well, they all decided to go crazy, all right? So we're all going to get something goofy. This is what I ended up with. All right? <laughs> and all the kids told me, said, you've got to wear that for Easter, Dad. But listen, I love my kids. I'll do anything for them, and I'd wear a bucket on my head if I had to for my children. Amen. All that said, we put a lot of importance on the kids. All right. And guess what? Today's Easter. I think everybody knows that, right? 
All right, how many of you know Easter doesn't have anything to do with the fancy jackets? All right, doesn't have anything to do with the Easter eggs, the chocolate bunny. Where's Grace? Did she get her chocolate bunny? All right, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Uh, it, it, as a matter of fact, uh, when people come to church with that mindset, all right, when they walk in these doors and they come in, and that's their mindset of what Easter is all about, they essentially they leave this building. And they leave this place and they go home. They go back to their natural ways, go back to their walking in sin as they usually do, and they're completely unaffected by the word of God that was spoke over them that day. And that's wrong. That's wrong. You know, and if we, so, and it's okay to have fun with it, just like Christmas. Christmas isn't about the Christmas tree and all of that. But it's okay to go along with that, but it's very important to teach what today actually is. Today is actually our resurrection day. Amen? So it's a celebration. Everybody say celebration. That's right, and that's why we're excited to come in here and to praise our God and to listen to the worship music and to engage and to spend time intimately with our Heavenly Father and just spend that time praising Him and thanking Him for everything that He's brought you through in your life. Amen. So most of us can agree, all right, Easter is a time where we commemorate Jesus' resurrection. Amen? We got that? All right, rightfully so, all right? That's what we do. But before we get into this, and we're going to talk about the resurrection, but we've got to understand one thing. And we've got to realize the purpose for Jesus' death, his life, and his resurrection. Life, resur- resurrection, yes. All right? We've got to get that. And listen, I'm going, to, I'm going to, just for the sake of time, I'm really going to condense this, and it simply goes back to the beginning with Adam. All right? When Adam did what? He screwed up, all right? Let's be real. He made a mistake. He fell into sin, and he disobeyed God. And what happened? What happened? He fell from his rightful place with God. Amen? He fell from that. And then what happened? He allowed sin, death, and destruction to come into the world, all right? And not just to come into his generation, to come in and infect all future generations. Amen? Not good. Not good. We all make mistakes. He made a big one, all right? A big boo-boo, all right? And so, essentially, what Adam did is he lost his God nature that he had. Remember, he had dominion when he was here on the earth. He lost his God nature, and he took on the nature of the devil. Amen? Not good. Not good. But we need to realize that. And how many of you realize we serve a good God? Right? We just talked about it. We just sang about it. We serve an awesome God. And guess what? You may think you can get something over on him, but he knows everything. And he had a backup plan. In the beginning, he had a backup plan, all right? A backup plan. You may be thinking you're getting something over, but he knows. And listen, his backup plan was simply to restore us, to restore mankind back into his rightful place with his Father, with God. Put us in right standing, and that's where Jesus came in. That's where Jesus came in. That wasn't, now, and now. 1 John 3, 8 tells us this. Jesus came that he might destroy the works of the devil. All right? He came so that he might destroy the works of the devil. He was, before, he was born to destroy the works of the devil. All right? So we see that right here. And that includes poverty. That includes sickness. That includes spiritual death. Come on. All of that. He shed his blood so that you and I could live free from the works of the enemy. All right? Plain and simple. And also, he died on that cross. He died on that cross so that all of us who were not saved would have an opportunity to accept Christ, all right, to accept him as their Lord and Savior, 
and to start walking in and living in the life, the good life that he predestined for him. Glory to God. Now that's worth celebrating, amen? How many of you realize he has a good life predestined from you? If we go back to the beginning of this church, the first service that I preached on was eight steps to knowing the will of God in your life. You're like, why would you start on that? Because I need you to see the value in yourself that God sees in you. Because listen, if you're walking around this world and you're beat down, you have no self-confidence, you're insecure, you feel like all you're doing is surviving, working a mediocre job, and that's all you're doing, and that's the only purpose you see in your life, guess what? The devil's got you where he wants you. Listen, God has got something in this world that only you can do. You've got to realize that if you choose to accept and follow him and step into your perfect will that he, and plan that he has for your life, come on, that's how you're going to make a difference. Listen, I always talk about your realm of influence. Everybody in here is called to the ministry, all right? I'm not prophesying over anybody. Don't misunderstand me. You may not be called to be up here or up there, but you're called because your realm of influence, it can be where you work, it can be where you live. It can be your neighborhood, where you buy your groceries. Come on. You are called to advance the gospel within your realm. Amen. You're valuable. See that about yourself. Know that about yourself. Get a revelation of that. Glory to God. Now, that's worth celebrating. Amen. Amen. He predestined a good life for you. Amen. And now, look. Scripture's very clear. There's going to be a massive resurrection coming. Glory to God. The last trumpet's going to sound. All right? And, and our mortal bodies is going to be clothed with immortality. And then we're going to go and we're going to meet Jesus in there. Glory to God. What a glorious and great time that's going to be. Glorious and great time. But it makes me, I wonder about this when I was writing this. I, had, um, I wonder how many believers, which would be us, how many people really appreciate all the ramifications of the resurrection and its influence in our lives today? Huh? I wonder about that. It's just a thought. Just something to think on. But now, the word, think about this. The word resurrection, our word resurrection, comes from the Greek word anastasis. All right? Which simply means rising again, raised to life again. All right? So now all you word people are happy. Oh, he gave me the definition. All right? So Laurel's back there. Yes! <laughs> but listen. Well, it's also, well, it's important to know that, all right? It's important to know the origin, and it's, it's important to do your homework and study and all that. That's great, but it's also important to understand and learn how the resurrection applies in our lives today. Amen. So too often, too many times, too often, we celebrate it, when we celebrate Easter, we're only focused on what happened in the past. Amen. And, and rightfully so, rightfully so, come on. But I want you to understand something. We miss out on so much when we neglect the aspects of the resurrection of the present and the future. Amen. Amen. We do. We do. All right. Now, before we get into the re- that, I want to talk about one thing. I want to get something very clear that we've got to realize. All right. And this is just a simple fact. The resurrection is a historical fact to be celebrated. Okay. I think we all can agree on that. There's no doubt. No doubt. Matter of fact, no other religion has the same basis that Christianity does. Amen? None. None whatsoever. All right? So if you look at all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all right? And if you look at, all, if you look at the culmination or the highest point of each Gospel, all right, the, the, the climax of each, each, it's what? 
It's the resurrection of Jesus. Amen? It is. It's the greatest thing. So, if, it, so essentially think of it like this. The doctrine of the resurrection is the central truth to our Christian faith. It is. It is. So what does that mean? What, does that, what are you saying, Pastor? That means simply this. If the resurrection of Jesus Christ wasn't true, everything that we teach, everything that we read, everything in our Bible, all of that is simply meaningless. Amen? It's meaningless. It means nothing. Isn't that kind of cool? Our, look, you think about what our religion. None of your other Hindu, Muslim, none of those religions have this. It's really cool. Christianity, think of it like this. Christianity bases its total existence on the resurrection of its founder. And that's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Now, it's not based on rules. It's not based on ideas. It's not based on dreams. It's not based on creeds. Come on. It's not based on morals, any of that. Now, it may produce it. Christianity will produce some of those things, all right? But true biblical Christianity is based entirely on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, Romans 1.4 tells us, And he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. Glory to God. His resurrection is the basis for all of our hope for our future. All of our hope, period. What's life without hope? Glory to God. Glory to God. The resurrection is our basis for that. So, today I want to get into three things. Three things. You know, I like my list. I'm making them shorter for you guys. You know, we went from eight, now we're down to three. I want to talk about three benefits of the resurrection, okay? Three benefits. And I want you to think of these in the context of past, present, future, okay? Number one will be past. Number two, present. Number three will be future. Amen? So, I want you to get, I want you to get this. This is, <laughs> you know, I say this every week, but I really believe every message God gives me will change your life. Amen? But get this. Really get this. Number one, the number one benefit of the resurrection is forgiveness for past sins. Wow, that that's, should be simply understood. But it is. The resurrection guarantees forgiveness for past sins. Okay? And, but not only that, you have to recognize that only because of the, reckon, re, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ can we have forgiveness for our past sins. Amen? Only because of the, he was raised from the dead. All right? Understand this, that whenever there was sin, there always had to be a sacrifice paid and blood had to be shed. Amen? And Jesus was that sacrifice. Glory to God. Romans 4.25 says, Because of our sins, Jesus was handed over to die, and he was raised to life in order to put, God, put us right with God. He had a backup plan. He had another plan. Glory to God. Listen, when Jesus went to that cross, he paid the penalty for sin. He paid the penalty. We know that. He died. When he died, he defeated Satan. He defeated our enemy on our behalf. Amen? And listen, the resurrection was simply God's stamp of approval. God was saying, Jesus, I accept your death as a substitute for all of us guilty sinners. Amen. All of us included. Amen. He was our substitute. Glory. I mean, Jesus, God essentially sowed his son into this earth to reap all of us. Glory to God. That's worth celebrating. Amen. Glory to God. His resurrection proves that death, 
covers every single sin. And because of the resurrection, you can be confident of that fact. Amen? Now, number one was forgiveness of sins in the past. Let's talk about present. I love this one. This is the one that gets most often overlooked. Number two is power for present living. Oh, that's good. Think about that. Power for for present living. That's right. Most of us recognize what happened in the past. We recognize that Jesus was raised from the dead. And we recognize through Scripture that we will be resurrected again. Amen? But let me tell you something. There is a future... I mean, there is a dose of resurrected power right here that when we have access to. Amen? We do. And most people aren't aware about it. Most people are not aware about it. But it's available to us right now. And I want to look at Philippians 3, verses 10 and 11. And Paul's talking here. He says, and I like Paul. If you think about it, when I read the scripture, I always like to think about people just real people. You know, because they were real people. You know, so many people read the Bible and they think it's just some holy uh, minister up there. And he's speaking like this. But no, this is Paul. This is a real person. And this is something he's passionate about. Paul says, I want to know Christ. And I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Can you imagine saying that? I mean, Josh, he was just, he was just, he was ready to take it on. You know, and he says, I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Glory to God. Paul gave up everything. He gave up his career, gave up his family, gave up his relationships, his hobbies, everything. He left it all behind for what? Just to simply know Jesus Christ and his resurrection power. Glory to God. You have access to that power. Amen. As a born-again believer, you have access to that power. And you're like, Pastor, how do you have that? What are you talking about? Listen, when you become born again, When you choose to follow Jesus Christ, you choose to have Him as your Lord and Savior. You become united with Him. You become united, all right? And when you become united and fully trusted, fully submitted to Him, you will experience the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen? And that same power, that same power will come in. That's what will come in and help you to live a moral and a good, and watch this, a renewed life. Amen? Because understand, when you are born again, the old self is washed away and you become a new creature in Christ. Amen? You become a new creature in Christ. But watch this. This is something that gets overlooked a lot. Just as the resurrection gives us Christ's power to live now for Him, His crucifixion marks the death of our old sinful nature. So what does that mean? That means you can't have the victory of the resurrection without personally applying the crucifixion. Amen? Ooh, I know a lot of people don't like to hear that. But just, and just a thought, just as Paul gave up everything to know Christ, what sacrifice of sin do you may need to give up to know Christ? Amen. Just a thought. All right, let's go on. 2 Corinthians 1.22, Paul says here, He said, and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. And I like the Waymouth translation. It says he's given us a foretaste of a future blessing. Listen, though we don't have a full dose of the resurrection power right now, we don't have our new bodies, come on, but we have a foretaste of his glorious power, and that power is what comes in us. 
when the Holy Spirit comes on us. And that, sp- that power is what, what keeps our spirits alive. It comforts and strengthens our souls. Come on, it even, it even quickens and strengthens our bodies when sickness tries to come on us. Amen. Glory to God. That's exciting. And then Romans 6, 4 says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Listen, because of the resurrection, you get a walk in the newness of life right now. Today. Today. Glory to God. When you became born again, you were a new creature. You don't have to wait till heaven to walk in the newness of life. Amen. The resurrection power can lift our spirits, encourage our soul, strengthen our bodies. Come on. And it is this. It is a current reality that is to be experienced by all Christians. You've got to get a revelation of that. You've got to see it. Amen. So, we started out, forgiveness for sins was number one. Number two was power for present living. And that leads us to number three. So if you're taking notes, and I hope you are. If you're not taking notes, let me know. I'll get you a notebook and you can take notes. <laughs> I know you guys get tired of me talking about taking notes. And why do I say that all the time? It's very simple. I need God to confirm what I'm teaching you to you. In other words, I need you to go home. Spend a little time in it. And what, and what does that do? He confirms what, he, what, what I'm teaching to you. Not only that, there's, that holds accountability to me. Listen, you don't just believe everything that every man that gets up or woman gets up in this pulpit and teaches. Amen. You do. <laughs> you got to be very careful. And I'm okay with that. If you have a problem with something, you come. We'll talk about it. Amen. Just a side note. Didn't mean to get on that. Future. Number three. <laughs> Hope for a future destiny. The number three benefit is a hope for a future destiny. You know, we talked about hope. The resurrection guarantees that. It guarantees forgiveness for sins, power for present living, and hope. Hope for your future. Amen. That's where it comes from. Listen, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then we have no hope. Then we have no hope whatsoever. But listen, but because he's alive, glory to God. Because he's alive, we have that hope. We have it. And listen, no matter how good it is to know God in this life, and it is good to know Him now, I encourage everybody to know that, all right, to do that. We all know from reading our Bible, and we all look forward to a time to come where a much better life is coming. Amen? Our resurrected life is coming. Amen? And listen, no matter how hard your life is, come on, we're real. Everybody's life's hard. Mine hits bumps all the time. The enemy's trying to throw things up, trying to slow me off. Sometimes just the world throws things up, tries to slow you. Not everything that comes up against you is the enemy. It's because we live in a fallen world because Adam goofed up, all right? We live in a fallen world. But listen, but no matter how hard life is, right, your life is right now, you, look, you can look forward to a life and a time to come where there's no pain, there's no suffering. Come on, there's no death, there's no destruction. Amen. Hope. Hold on to that hope. The resurrection power gives us that. Amen. So, how many of you want to hear a story? Come on, y'all are learning. This is the part where you say, yes, pastor, we want to hear a story. Because you're going to hear it anyway. (laughs) I love you guys. But you know, I told you from the start, this is going to be real church. And it's not going to be stuffy and it's not going to be, you know, so structured that we can't have a good time, you know.
just because Stephen can't read his Bible, that's okay. We're okay with that. It's all right, you know. You know, I'm sitting there going, turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around. <laughs> but that's okay. That is okay. We love him. <laughs> all right, story. All right, focus. Story. All right, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story. And this is not a personal story, okay? I'm going to share this story. Some of you may have heard it. This is a story of a missionary. I've heard many ministers use this story, but it fits so well right here. And this is the story of Eric Baker. All right, nobody knows him because he was a missionary. Somebody may, but he's a missionary uh, during World War II to Portugal. All right, and Eric was called there to go and start establish a church. And so, you know, he, he did. He took his wife and eight kids. I can only imagine because I have seven, all right, and, but he did, he, he went out, he took steps of faith, and he walked out there, and he moved to Portugal, I mean, and he did this, and he got his work going, and got established, but it's wartime, all right, so times aren't really good, and uh, he gets a telegram, you know, Eric, you need to get out, you know, things are getting really bad, you need to go, and you need to get to England, that was the close, back then you couldn't get on a plane, you had to get on a boat, you need to get on a boat, and you need to get to England. And so he didn't want to leave. And I can understand that. I've been on the mission field and you work so hard there and just the thought of, you, you're torn. You want to go home, but you want, you know, and he wanted to stay. And so he put his family, his wife, his eight kids, and he had three other relatives there. And he put them all on the ship. And he stayed behind with the intentions of coming and meeting the family later. And uh, they left. And two days later was Sunday. And he stood before his congregation and he said, well, I just want, want you all to know that I received word that my family, they all made it home safely. And then he proceeded with the service. All right. And it wasn't until after the service, people started putting it together. They started, really, you know, the boat didn't have time to make it to England. So the actual truth was he did receive a telegram, but the telegram told him that a submarine had torpedoed the ship that his family was on. And there were no survivors. None whatsoever. I mean, he was devastated. Could you imagine? He was totally devastated. But he knew one thing. He knew that everybody in his family, they knew Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They knew that they were fully committed and fully trusted in him. Amen. He knew it. And he knew that, in fact, they had arrived home safely. It just wasn't their earthly home. Amen. And he's overcome. I mean, he's devastated. I can't even imagine. But guess what? He knew that by God's grace, he had hope. And he knew that one day he was going to be reunited and be resurrected and be put back together with his family. Amen. Now, that's the hope that the resurrection gives to those of us that know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen. You will, we will be raised back to life and we will find ourselves at home in it, heaven with Jesus for all eternity. That's the eternal gift. Life forever for all eternity. You know how long that is? All eternity, a long time. Amen. But that was the hope, his hope. His hope. So I want to ask everybody, let's close our eyes for a minute. Everybody close your eyes. Now, there may be somebody here today who doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. All right? 
You know that your sins aren't forgiven. Or better yet, you may, you, you may, you may not be sure. You may, not be, you may not be sure. You may have know Jesus, but maybe you've slid back a little bit and you just, you just really aren't sure. But you do know the fact that Jesus isn't real in your life. You know that He's not real. And not only that, you know that if you died today that you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have that hope or that assurance that you would have an he- eternity in heaven with your heavenly Father. But let me tell you, I want you to know that because of the resurrection of Jesus, you can have your sins forgiven. You can. You can. I want everybody to think about that. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I'm going to go a little longer on this because this is important, guys. It's very important. If that registers you, let that sink in and think about it. Listen, I want you to know you can have the power of Jesus in your life today. And you can have a hope for your eternal destiny for you. Amen. And, it's, and listen, it's easy. I'm going to tell you. Everybody, everybody stay in reverence and prayer. You've got to do three things. First, you've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. And you've got to believe that that sin is what sent Jesus to the cross. Second, you've got to believe that Jesus did die for your sins. And put your faith in him for your life and eternity. And number three, you've got to confess your sins. And you simply do that by asking God to forgive you. And you do it by repenting of your sin. Repenting simply means to abandon or forsake all your sin or anything that goes against Jesus. If anybody in here, everybody keep their eyes closed one more second. If there's anybody in here that this registers with, I just want to ask that you raise your hand. Just simply raise your hand. If any of that's registering with you, raise your hand. Because I want to, I want to, I want, I've got something I want to give you. I'm not, we're not looking to embarrass anybody. But listen, this is what church is all about. We want to be here for you. We want to, we, number one, we want you to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But we want to walk you through this life and walk you through how to apply the Bible in your life so you can live a success and you can walk out the will of God for your life. Because listen, you're valuable. He's got something for you. So if there's anybody in here, did any of that registered with? Any hands? Any hands? Amen. Okay, good. All right, everybody look up. It looks like we're all family, and that's great. That's fabulous. But listen, if anybody in here, and you got something tugging on the inside, and you're thinking, man, maybe I should have come down there. Maybe I should have come talk to them. I want you to see me after service, because I don't want you to leave in the building. I don't want you leaving the building because, listen, it's not hard. It's not difficult. I just want to pray with you, and I want to make sure everything's right. Amen? Glory to God. Well, happy Resurrection Day, everybody. Now, before we close out, is there anybody that wants me to read their story? (laughs) Just out of curiosity. Yeah, let me see yours. (laughs) Ah. It's not about the eggs. It's about God. And he drew an egg. (laughs) I like Easter. It is great. God, thank you for Easter. It is so fun. God, thank you. (laughs) It is not about Easter eggs. That's precious, my man. You should give that to your dad and tell him to keep it on his desk so he can see it at all times. Amen. All right, I knew you were going to have one. Man, you wrote a book, girl. 
I knew you were. I told Michelle when I did this, she was like, like Emily's going to bring us an encyclopedia. Wow, that's awesome, girl. Let's see what we got. Today reminds me of when Jesus died on the cross so he could take away our sin of the world. He loves us very much in the world. Everyone loved God around the world and all the, what's this? States. States. Ah, okay. The love passes around. Good job, girl. I knew you would do that. Awesome. I'll read McKenna's. To me, Easter is the day that Jesus resurrected and the temple that was supposed to be for God but was turned evil was destroyed and a temple made not by human hands but by Jesus was made. And we hey, you're using Google over there. She's, she's using Google. What are you, where's your phone? <laughs> Good job, girl. Gabriel loves Jesus so much. It means we are celebrating Jesus because he rose from the dead and he died for our sins. Let's see here. Easter means Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again. The story, oh my goodness, oh here's my a whole God. story of Easter. Who wrote that? I don't know who wrote this. Daniel, ah, oh, he's a Beasley. Daniel. Well, he got that. Wow. In the beginning, oh my goodness. <laughs> I think he wrote your whole sermon on here. Adam and Eve sinned and la 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 and the robber and Barabbas and oh my goodness. And, it, and then, it, however, three days later, he rose again, and he saved us. Wow. Wow. You know, that's a testimony for what these kids are learning. It really is. So my hat's off to those people back there in the children's. They're awesome. Here's Jesus rising again, coming out of the tomb. Let's see here. I'm so happy oh, nobody said anything about the Easter bunny. And there, yeah. Very good. I am super <laughs> impressed. All right. Good job, everybody. Look, thanks, everybody, for coming out. We tried to keep it a little short today because the kids were in here. But listen, take advantage of the photos. It's, gonna, it's an awesome opportunity. And um, listen, they'll give you a link where you can uh, print off however many you want of your own. And listen, don't forget about the lunch on the lawn next week. Uh, this is going to be the launch for our, our, our point groups, our small groups. And so all the group leaders will be there trying to encourage you to come to their group, probably all of them. So keep that on your calendar. Also, don't forget about Wednesday night. We have a great time here on Wednesday night. There's usually 20 to 30 people here, and we're diving deeper in Scripture. We're diving deeper. Laurel did a great job teaching the past couple of weeks. Not really sure who's going to teach this week. Ah. So, huh? Oh, is this prayer? Is it this one? Oh, okay. So this is going to be Wednesday night of prayer. So, hey. Come on out. It's going, to be good. it's going to be good. It's going to be great. All right, you guys have a great weekend or a good week, and thank you for coming.